ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into episode 166 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adams, sitting in the host chair with my co-workers, James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal, joining me via FaceTime. We have an amazing episode for you today, an awesome interview with Leland's Olivia Lowe, the senior rebounder, basically, on the basketball team. Uh, we'll hear more from her and uh, exactly what it's been like for the comments this season. But as we get started, I have to remind everybody, I had one heck of a birthday weekend. It was a good time. I'm 27 now. I'm old. Yeah, so let's recap. You have a, a, a mystery spot on your forehead that you don't know how you got it, like a big It appeared. Of, it appeared out of nowhere. You've got a cut on your hand yep. that you can't stop from bleeding. Yep, I know where that one came from, and but I'm just not going to. you your wallet, or yeah. you dropped your wallet. Yeah, I dropped my wallet on the way into work. My hand is cut up from, well, we'll keep that off a high school podcast. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, we opened the last show with me getting pulled over by a Charlotte <laughs> County cop <laughs> for putting gas in my car. Yeah, but either way. Uh, so we are, and we and previously we've talked about our gambling predictions. We, we've done we've done a lot of degenerate things on this podcast, but I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. You're not good examples yeah. for. Our I'm gonna viewers. leave. I'm gonna leave my degeneracy off of the airwaves and leave it in the lore of what happened over the weekend. It was a good time, and everybody just says that. I, I, why does everybody keep telling me that when 27 hits, that's when you actually start to feel old? Because I mean, if we're talking about just feeling, I feel pretty old this morning. <laughs> but uh, is that true, James? 27s when you get old I, I didn't start feeling old till no so i was like in at least my mid-30s okay good perfect that's awesome that means i got time somebody gave me hope for all you high school kids listening out there you have plenty of time you got like what another 18 years if you're a senior you got like another a whole other lifetime before you start to feel old so uh you got plenty of time i have no idea what happened to my face but it hurts so thank god you guys don't have to look at me you only have to listen to me because if you had to look at me then you'd be staring at this uh scrape on my forehead but hey that's not the case. What we're going to do is we're going to get we're going to get into this high school sports podcast instead of talking about how horrible this Monday has been post birthday weekend and uh, we'll put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. The biggest news from this past weekend and I guess coming up here is we got Central and West hockey. They play two times in 4 days. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast last week, but they played Friday and they play again today uh, for the McCullough Cup. And these are two state-ranked teams. Andrew, you were at that game last week, and you mm-hmm. kind of got a chance to see them. What did you see out of these state-ranked teams, and uh, how do you kind of expect tonight to go? Well, to be honest with you, it was a really close game up until like five minutes left in the third period. West actually scored first. They were getting some looks, and you just kind of felt like, okay, between the two teams, one of those pucks was going to go through the net really early on, and that's exactly what happened. But after that, Central was like, you know what? We're Traverse City Central. We went to the state quarterfinals last year. Let's act like it and take over. And Carson Peters just listened and took over. I mean, the kid had four points, hat trick by the end of the game. They did have five-minute major uh, towards the end of the second period and into the third. There, uh, It was going to be three minutes of a power play for West and then two minutes at the um, after that, at the beginning of the, fir- of the third period. Just kind of think like, okay, if they score here, you know, they're they're getting some shots, and they're not they're not too many of them, but they're getting some of them. If they score here, then now it's a one goal game over the third period. Can we make that happen? But no, Central killed that power play and just survived the rest of the game. And with both teams at full strength, I kind of expect I don't really expect much different tonight. You know. I think if Central can just lock it down and block shots and do what they need to do to stop a goal, you didn't see that out of West. There was a, there was literally a time when a West player stick broke and he dove at the feet of the Central player to try and stop his goal, and it didn't work. Yeah, Coach Jeremy Rental even credited the Central block sh- uh, how they were their shot blocking scheme. You know, their defenders were laying out a foot or just giving a second effort. And Coach Gibbons even went as far to say that that's the best his team has played all season when it comes to that. There was a couple of instances where West seemed to be putting a second effort into blocking shots. There was a time when a player broke his stick and chased down the central player on the other end of the ice to try and dive at his feet to block the shot, but he didn't. And then Peters Peters ended up scoring, of course. Uh, The first time Peters scored, it was on a 2-1-1 when Josh Reese kind of like lost his man. 
and then he's chasing him down now. He didn't make it up, and then assisted on the goal to Will Dawson. Now, now my question is, do does West pull a uh, Michigan State situation where they get ran out of the gym? What was it? What was the final score? Five to one, I think, on Friday. Does West turn it around and uh, win today? Only four days later, almost like Michigan State did against Michigan this past weekend. I mean, it's possible if they're able to play somewhat of a defense, right? A lot of those points they were giving up to Central were just miscommunication mistakes. I mean, when you're given a power play with five-minute major that late in the game, you need to be more aggressive on the nets, and they just weren't. In fact, I think Central outshot them 3-2 to two over the course of that power play. Oh, so wow. when they were a man down. So, I mean, you just number one, you just have to take advantage of those opportunities and know when you have them and not just pass a puck and set up for a shot. No, you have to be taking the shots during that time. And number two, you can't let two-on-one situations like Josh Reese, the, like the, two, the go-ahead goal, happen. You just, you know, you stay on your man. <laughs> yeah, and now, obviously, uh, we'll find out more tonight. By the time this podcast comes out, the game will be over already. But the McCullough Cup is this evening, uh, the second game, in four days for the Traverse City, Tro- Traverse City Central Trojans and the Traverse City West Titans. So we're definitely excited to see how those two state-ranked teams uh, play out against each other. Another sport that has, you know, kind of dominated our eyes is, uh, or not, not just sport, but conferences, you know, the Lake Michigan Boys Basketball Conference. And, I mean, Elk Rapids in general, boys and girls, were just tearing the Lake Michigan Conference apart. The, the basketball programs over there were just awesome. But, James, you went to one heck of a game this past weekend in which Charlevoix defeated Elk Rapids to take the top spot in the Lake Michigan Conference, 57-55. to 55. Probably one of the better games that we've seen all year. Can you kind of let us know how the Lake Michigan Conference is shaking out? Um, well, it's, I mean, Charlevoix has control right now. If they win out, it's theirs, it's theirs to lose. But they've got a bunch of speed bumps in the way. I mean, they've got, uh, they've got a game Tuesday night against Traverse City St. Francis on the road. They've got a game later in the week on the road against Boyne City, who we know is a pretty solid team. Uh, and then uh, they've got games. They have a makeup game against Kalkaska. They have a game against Harbor Springs. And then they end the regular season at home against Elk Rapids on the 19th, which if they win all those other games, then that game is potentially for the, the league title. It, it, was, it was a really good game. Uh, Evan Solomon was kind of a non-factor in the game, uh, dealing with a, a sprained knee injury. And uh, he only had six points. But Jacob Mueller kind of, Stepped into that scoring void there and had a career-high 26, I believe, um, as well as a bunch of rebounds, four block shots, and uh, just kind of took control of the middle there. I mean, we know uh, Oak Rapids' press is really fierce, and uh, you know and they're a scrappy team and stuff, but the one thing that they are not blessed with is a lot of height. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got like a lot of players who are like 6'1", 6'2", but they don't have a lot of height much past that, so... I mean, they were, on large parts of the game, they were guarding 6'7 Mueller with Cody LaFontaine, you know. And he was doing pretty well, considering that he's given up, like... I'll say five, at least five inches. Five, six inches, you know. And, uh, you know, and then the big play at the end was Charlevoix called timeout with 15 seconds to go with the ball after uh, they had led by as much as 10 in the late third and early fourth quarter, and then... Elk Rapids full court press just like in a span of like three or four minutes turned that from a 10 point deficit into a five point lead. Like Charlevoix just couldn't get the ball over half court and Elk Rapids was just getting steals, turning them into layups. And, uh, but with 15 seconds to go, Max Ostrom hit a, a three pointer from the baseline and, uh, that ended up being the game winner. And, and he said after the game, he's like, you know, I, He'd scored the first bucket of the game. He hit a mid-range jumper, scored the first bucket of the game. Hadn't scored since, you know, a few shots. So he gets the ball, and he was, he was supposed to look for Mueller, but Mueller wasn't open because they were, I think they were doubling him. And uh, so he was waiting for somebody to come out on him on defense and then try to drive around that guy on the baseline. And he's like, and they just weren't going to send anybody out to cover me on the perimeter. They were just going to let him take it. And... He let it fly and drilled it. Yeah. Now you you bring up uh, Jacob Mueller, and I want to ask this question: Is 
especially because of the Lake Michigan Conference, and you know, obviously he had to st- step up in Evan Solomon's kind of absence. But uh, he he's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, mismatch in that entire conference this year, right? I mean, Aiden Brem is probably the only person who's even kind of close to him in size in the Lake Michigan. Is is that just a mismatch for Charlevoix that you think is probably going to just pay dividends? You got to think so. I mean, you know, they'll put uh, they'll put Donahue on him, uh, St. Francis, I would assume, will put Joey Donahue on him, or in Casey Donahue at times, too. Um, so that's somebody who's, you know, like 6'4"-ish that's going to cover him, but he's still, you know, going to have two, three inches on whoever covers him in that game. So, yeah, I mean, he's, no, nobody in the in the Lake Michigan can match him for, I mean, he's he's a solid 6'7 when wearing shoes. He says he's 6'6 without shoes. And, and he's put together pretty well, too. He's not really fit. Like you know, Preston Mall, yeah. but he's fairly thin, you know. And and Elk Rapids has as a six six kid too, um, you know. But he's also pretty thin, so they only played him for a few minutes here or there on Mueller. So, yeah, the combination of being tall and pretty well put together, and somebody who can step out and hit a three pointer. I mean, he he knocked down two threes in that game. So I mean, he can do a, he can do a bit of it all. And and when the double team comes in the post, he's a pretty capable passer too. Yeah, definitely gonna have to see uh, that that last game of the season with Elk Rapids and Charlevoix. It's as like you said, as long as they kind of get through this gauntlet, that is looking like just the matchup of ages for this season. You know, final game of the year for the conference title, or at least a share now in Elk Rap for Elk Rapids, but an outright conference title hopefully for Charlevoix if they can win that. That, that that's just setting up for an amazing last week of basketball. We have a lot of good games in that last week of basketball um, right before districts. I mean. It's crazy to think that we only have about 12, what, not even 10, 12 days before district starts. Um, so Yeah. Hockey regionals start next week. Yeah. When I, when Trevor close I... their region. West and the reps have to go down to Grand Rapids. Oh, really? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, no, I, I, when I wrote that cancellation story over the weekend, or on Friday or whatever, I was looking at the dates for, for playoffs or whatever, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Hockey regionals are the 15th. Are you kidding me? I mean, I talked to Chris Givens after Central's game, and you know, you're five and zero, oh, and you're two games ahead of uh, Petoskey and Gaylord, even though they've played one league games. <laughs> yeah, like one or three league games, something like that. He doesn't even know if there's going to be a Big North Conference Championship because of that. Yeah, I put, I put that in my I put that in my cancellation story because you said that, and I was like, that makes sense. I mean, they're they they literally don't have time to make those games up like how are they going to handle that they, they just, just give are they just going to give central the, the championship and say okay you're undefeated and yeah, you, you played all these league opponents and nobody else played everybody i don't I'm know sure yeah that's another that's another interesting uh interesting yeah. situation for sure and i gotta think that this isn't the only league across the state that this is happening you know oh yeah i mean hockey hockey once again hockey is it's a tough spot even though i feel like hockey might be the one sport that they do kind of like squeeze the games in. I mean, Central did do like a, a double header on Saturday last week to make that happen. You're not going to do that in basketball. They don't ever let that happen in basketball. But hockey, I guess you might be able to squeeze a game in here or there, but I still don't think that you can do any more than three games in a week. Yeah, you're allowed to do the double header twice in the season for this year only kind of thing, and that's just to get the games in. I mean, we've seen the Highland Conference is not going to have official regular season champions for boys and girls basketball because – with all the cancellations, not everybody's able to play each other. So it's everybody unbalanced schedules and, you know, Manton like won't play Houghton Lake at all or won't, I don't I think they won't play Lake city at all because of their, yeah, game they had their game canceled. They had one game against Lake city and they got canceled. Yeah. So they like won't have played those teams at all. Yeah. How do you, de- yeah, how do you decide a conference champion then? Yeah. So there's not going to uh, officially. Yeah. I mean, so are we just going to, are we going to try and avoid being like the big 10 and saying where, Oh, we have this team's the best team. This team is the second best team. Now play for a conference championship. <laughs> yeah, right. Remember that. Yeah, and the, there was no... the, somebody in the Highland Conference is going to add a number to their banner. Yeah, I wonder Whether who. Official... I wonder who. Would you? I would. I say would you? Because I wouldn't. I mean, it's not like the year's yeah. gone. You still beat you everybody. You can't help the other circumstances. Right. It's like wow. I mean that. That, these are just like, the times that we're living in. Yeah. It's not like teams are ducking teams. It's it's yeah. 
things that are beyond your control. Yeah, right. It's not like, oh, well, we didn't want to play, so we're done. We're not playing today. No, no conference championship for you. No, it's just like you know, literally quarantined for two weeks. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw that story or anything, but I did. I did a deeper piece on all the cancellations that have happened in the last couple of weeks. It was. I was trying to tell Andrew, and it, it was tough because the the sheer breath or whatever you like the 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 spread of it all. I'm, it was hard to even kind of grasp how much there was because of how many schools we have and me going through every single sport. I know that there was at least 30 games last week alone that got canceled across all the sports, at least 30. I think it's more like 40 or 45. But, there, I mean, we've been going through it in the area. There's been some there's been some stuff, and as James kind of brought up to me, the MHSAA isn't tracking this, which is probably just more for their own benefit so they don't have to tell anybody the answers. But I have a feeling that there is an extremely large amount of games that have been affected by COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that all over from different sports writers around the state. Games being canceled and moved, and and because of this, it's compounding the official shortage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This season we thought was going to be a thing, and it's worse now. That you're seeing games being moved now because of official shortages, but that's being caused because of games being moved by COVID. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's like okay. We got an official this week, but now we're not playing on this day. Can he go tomorrow? No, he's going to another game. Yeah, literally. Hey, two weeks from now, are, are you are you busy? Well, yeah, there's other games. <laughs> yeah, one more one more thing to mention is uh, you know we, we're talking about these crazy times, and just the fact that we I mean cancellations and everything. We, I mean we had a big flop. We talked about that Charlevoix game against Elk Rapids, which ended up happening on Saturday, James, that you had to go to in Elk Rapids when it was supposed to be Friday night in Charlevoix, and what was it, Thursday, they had a JV and varsity girls game, and during the JV game at halftime, the superintendent kicked everybody out of the building. Everybody said, the game's over. We have to do contract tracing because of an outbreak at the school, and they, the, the health department told them to shut down the facility so they could, you know, contact trace properly, and, I mean, that's just like, that, that just goes to show you how quickly this stuff can happen and exactly... You know, all these teams that are having canceled games, all these teams that are, you know, having to reschedule. I mean, we're talking about literally an outbreak at the school. Had nothing to do with maybe had nothing, but they had some athletes test positive. But that's one of the reasons why they knew is they had, once again, and it was kind of weird because I, I think it was almost a blessing in disguise and that I brought this up uh, when I spoke to them over at Charlevoix. They found out that athletes were affected because wrestlers tested positive on their antigen test before a meet, and that's how they found out that it wasn't just an in-school thing, is that it actually got spread through the kids. So that's why they had to shut down and then swap over to Elk Rapids a day or day or two later to play that boys game, in which, obviously, we talked about Charlevoix won. But it's just another another example of how crazy this can all go so quickly. Yeah, they moved the girls' game to that, too, because that was played before the boys' game on Saturday. Yeah, they had to. They basically took, took the doubleheader and uh, flopped spaces, and now, once again, that that league championship game that will be on the 19th of March is now not at Elk Rapids. It's at Charlevoix. It was at Elk Rapids. That was, a, a you know, obviously probably really much needed by, by the Elks to have that home game to try and secure a share of that title, but everything gets flipped upside down, and here we are. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a... If you, if you need a job, I can assume that and if you, can, you can become official pretty... Yeah, definitely. I know that uh, coaches, parents, everybody would appreciate you if you signed up to be an official. We would appreciate you. So please, if you listen to this podcast and you're looking for some extra money, go sign up to be an official because I know they need it. And this is not an advertisement. This yeah, is not at all. Uh, this is us actually telling you, hey, here's a good second job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into our interview with Leland's Olivia Lowe. We had a great chance to talk to her and kind of hear more about what it's been like in this weird time in this covid season uh, especially with you know them being affected by quarantines and canceled games and everything like that so let's go ahead and give a listen to that now the get around podcast is extremely excited to welcome in leland senior olivia Lowe. thank you so much for joining us today olivia hi guys thank you so much for having me we have a we have a great interview waiting for us, but we know that we have to get into our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. Let's go ahead and 
rapid fire these questions off at Olivia. Let's go first. What job do you think you would be absolutely horrible at? Ooh, horrible? I would have to say an artist. I'm definitely not artistically talented, so I think I would really struggle being an artist. <laughs> uh, who gave you the Olo nickname? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, my mom actually came up with the Olo nickname and uh, when I was probably four, and I've had it ever since. And in fifth grade, when I started playing basketball at Leland, she was calling me Olo. She's my coach. And uh, Coach Knutson, my coach now, overheard us, and he was like, Olo, that's a funny nickname. And so ever since then, everyone has called me Olo. It just stuck, huh? It just stuck, yeah. I mean, I'm not Olivia anymore. I think everyone just calls me Olo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the most embarrassing outfit you've ever worn? I think I would have to say I used to wear um, leggings under shorts, like crazy like tights and leggings under like jean shorts when I was younger. I thought that was pretty cool. But definitely looking back at it now, I really regret wearing that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a fashion statement we want to yeah, keep in the no. future. <laughs> <laughs> say you were arrested with no explanation from your family or your friends. What would they think it was for? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Basically, what crime are you pro most probable to commit? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's something with driving. I'm okay. definitely not the best driver. <laughs> so maybe I parked in the wrong spot or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> All right. How do we feel about pineapple on pizza? Oh, for sure. I love pineapple on pizza. I love it. I think it's really good. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't, but I'm a big pineapple on pizza girl. Oh, if you were a box of cereal, which one would you be and why? That's a really tough question. <laughs> I don't know. Right, we, do, um, we do go for existential crises in these five questions. It always happens, <laughs> are, I swear. Yeah, I really got to think about this. Oh, yeah. I think I would be Reese's Puffs. I like peanut butter and chocolate, so I would say Reese's Puffs and... Everyone likes Reese's Puffs. <laughs> I think everybody does like Reese's Puffs. Yeah. Either way, that was the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor, Ed, Jimmy Johns. Let's go ahead and dive into the rest of the interview here with Olo, the senior from Leland. Obviously, we have – the first thing I'm going to ask you, and I don't even know if this is a question that's really asked, but how – you're like about six foot tall, pretty close to it. How in God's name are you grabbing like 20 rebounds a game? I don't know. I just try and uh, go – like, I'm always trying to work hard. Like, I think that's my goal. Like, for I'm just trying to do whatever I can, like, to help my teammates. And I think rebounding is, like, one of my strengths. So whatever I can do to help my team. And, I mean, I'm not necessarily, like, super tall. I'm, I'm only 5'9", actually. Okay. So I'm not, like, super tall. And it, all the other girls I go up against are a lot bigger than me. But I just, I don't know, try to get in there and move some bodies so I can get the ball to my teammates. That's usually my main goal. You seem like you're six foot tall to Jake. Yeah, right. I know. I think, and with 20 I think... rebounds a game, you got to be close, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, she's averaging 16 rebounds a game. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting I, Every time I get those phone calls, I'm just like, God, you got to be jumping out of the gym. I know. I, I definitely do like rebounding. It's one of my favorite things to do. I think it's really fun. And especially, like, it opens up a lot of opportunities for my teammates, too, to, like, try and kick it back out or even, like, offensively. So it just definitely, like, opens up the game more. Mm-hmm. Does that come from volleyball? I mean, with I mean, obviously jumping is a big part of volleyball too. Is that something that helps that? I would say I think maybe part of it. I think like strength wise, definitely like for volleyball, I've gotten a lot stronger. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar movements like the jumping and grabbing. But yeah, I would say volleyball has a little bit to do with rebounding. I mean, we we, we bring up volleyball, and I do want to ask because I know you guys got you guys got put in kind of like a really crappy situation where you guys yeah. basically nodded out a day before they shut down sports and let you guys kind of like resume play. And especially in your senior year, I mean, you guys basically been to Battle Creek each of the last like three years. Mm -hmm. But what was, yeah. it, what was it like in your senior season? And once again, I know it was horrible, but it was kind of taken away from you again, especially in the year that yeah. I think you guys thought that you probably had a really good shot to win. What was that like for you guys? Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, it took us all by surprise. I mean, it, no one wants their season to end that way, but we were just trying to, I mean, even during that time, we were just trying to stay connected and everything. And just, it was, I mean, it was no, it was no one's fault. And we just had to think of our teammates and it was definitely a hard way for the seniors to end our season just because it's just an unknown. Like you don't know what would have happened or could have happened. But I mean, I think we're all just really blessed. We got a season. Like we didn't, we didn't even think we were going to get a season. So we were just super excited. We got to play with each other. 
Yeah, actually having that is probably better than exactly. nothing at all. Yeah, for sure. So last year when the uh, the, the All-Northwest Conference te- team came out, did you did you take any motivation or anything like that from the fact that you weren't a unanimous vote or try to find out who it was that didn't vote for you? I don't think so. I mean, I all, there are so many good players in the Northwest Conference. I mean, like that conference, I think, is just such – like our conference is so competitive and there's so many really good basketball teams in the conference. So I think – I mean, there's so many players that could be going up for that. So I didn't. I mean, I didn't take it against me. I mean, because there's so many great players in the conference. So yeah, it was just one of the things when it came, when that came out last year. I was yeah, just, I was a little surprised. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, who, who's not voting for her? Yeah, were you were you as surprised as we were? Is the question. I mean, I I don't know. I think I was just I was just glad that I even got votes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I think I was just I was just excited. Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, you speak about the Northwest Conference. Uh, who do you think is Leland's biggest rival in the conference? I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know if we have, like, a designated, like, rival. But I think for us, Frankfurt, for sure. I think we always play really tough against Frankfurt. And that's always a game that we're looking forward to is playing Frankfurt. And uh, we get to play them this week, uh, I think, Thursday. So that'll be another tough game. But... I think Frankfurt for sure. We always are looking forward to play Frankfurt. They're a really competitive team, and I think we're pretty equal when it comes to playing basketball. So, yeah. Um, so you're looking to make your college signing here pretty quick, right? And you're going yeah. to college? Yeah. So my yeah my signing is the 27th as of right now, but I think it's getting moved because our school is trying to plan like a senior trip. But, okay. yeah, as of right now. But I am committed verbally. So, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, where are you okay. headed? To Hope. Hope. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yep. Hope College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to Hope. I mean, the they're undefeated right now. They're ranked number one in the in the yeah. country, that division. How how does that? I don't know. Just go into a program like that that's doing those kind of things. What does that? Uh, you know, what does that mean to you? I'm really excited. I mean, Hope. As soon as I visited there, it's like it's a pretty competitive environment. I think, especially in the gym, Coach Morehouse is a great coach, and I think he will he will push me to be my best. And I'm just really excited to play with like a bunch of really like great players and just kind of move up a level. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. One thing uh, Coach Glass told me to ask you about was uh, the uh, being TikTok famous. <laughs> um, I am actually not TikTok famous, but one of my teammates, uh, we did consider she was TikTok famous during volleyball, but I do enjoy making TikToks with my teammates. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> You said you guys showed her one where you guys were, um, you guys were like acting in awe of a singer, and uh, she said it had like thousands and thousands of views. And yep, that was yeah, that was on my friend's account. Um, she, one of my teammates, she we made that, we reacted to it. And I think it got like over a million views or oh something crazy. Yeah, it was it was a really stupid video, but somehow it got so many views. I feel like that's that that's the TikTok in a nutshell. I know. It's a really I know. Like video, you don't know what to expect. I know the weirdest things get famous. Yeah. Whose account was that on? Uh, Dalen Ray. Okay. Yep. Now, you guys, uh, as a whole, how do you feel about your senior class? I know that I, I feel like it. Like you and Tatum Carrick have kind of been like like a side by side wrecking ball for the last few years when in volleyball and in basketball. How do you feel about the competitive competitiveness of your senior class and especially the group of you guys who have basically been four year varsity players? Yeah. I like to think that we have an advantage. I mean, cause I've been playing with like my senior class since, like I said, fifth and sixth grade. So we've been playing together and we kind of know how each other like play and like our strategies and everything. And even our personalities, like we just work really well together and we just have a strong bond. And I think that really helps us on the court, both, I mean, volleyball, basketball and soccer, like wherever we play. So, and so you've already gotten your thousandth point in basketball. You did that last year as a junior, which yeah. a lot of people do. And then uh, this year you're getting close to your thousandth rebound. Um, yeah, I think right now I'm uh, 36 rebounds away from a thousand. So that's like one game, right? Like two. two. <laughs> I don't know about that. We're one game away. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, I'm getting I'm getting close. So I'm excited. It's I mean it's my teammates are always so helpful with this and they're super encouraging. And so, like I said, I mean rebounding it just creates so many opportunities on the court. So mm-hmm. when it comes up. To- how many have done a thousand and a thousand and i'm gonna bet it's not a lot yeah i mean i don't think there's many 
um, women in the state who have gotten a thousand rebounds. I don't know the exact number, but yeah, it's it's pretty rare. So I'm pretty honored that I mean I'm even like close to it. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I was gonna ask how 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 much do you look at milestones like that? Like, do you kind of like count those down? Because I know there's a lot of people. I think there was a coach we had a thousand point scorer last week, and he was like, "Oh, we're like eighteen away, fourteen away." It was like really, really like kind of chomping at the bit to get it. As a player, how much do you pay attention to those milestones, and how much do you strive to get them? I think, like for my thousand points, it was a surprise. Um, my coach did not tell me that I was close to a thousand points. Like that night, I had no idea that I was going to hit my thousand points. And I think I always thank him to this day that he surprised me because I know it's hard for players. Like once you know. Like, I think you start to get worried about it, and it's just hard because you're just focusing on it the whole time, and you can't focus on the rest of your game. So I think with rebounding, it's a little different than points, but um, I just try not – I mean, I just try and work hard and play for my team every game. I'm not, like, super focused on the rebounds or anything. It's like, you, thank God you don't actually have to, like, sink that last shot. Exactly, know? yeah. It's much different than points, I think. So, yeah. For the record, it's 27. Oh, Okay. In state history, I've gotten a thousand rebounds. Wow! Yeah, that's that's it. That's pretty elite that's company. Cool. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't realize it was that. Low. I wonder how I many. Know. I wonder how many are under six foot. <laughs> yeah, that's another good stat to look at. Yeah, I don't know. They're interesting one. There's the uh, three from around here: Liz Shimmick, Jasmine Hines, and Bonnie Shimp from Benzie Central. That's crazy. So you'll be the third in the Northwest Conference history. Hopefully. <laughs> so you you obviously have a few games left in this season, but what has this like shortened, truncated, like kind of put everything on top of each other season been like? I mean, you guys are playing like three games a week. I know mm-hmm. not too long ago you guys had to have like a game canceled because of a snow day and then had to have everything yeah. rescheduled. How is that kind of working out uh, from your perspective when we have no time to kind of wiggle room? Yeah, I mean, this year has been crazy. Um, I mean, my coach always stresses this. We just need to look and be in the present and look just one day at a time and focus on one game at a time. So, I mean, we're not trying to look forward. We just need to be grateful that we're playing because I'm so glad that we're even having season, like you said. But even though it's been shrunken up, we're just glad we're playing and we're, we're just thankful for every moment we get to spend with each other. I mean, and right now... Um, which uh, another crazy thing. So four of my teammates are in quarantine right now and my coach because someone in the high school had tested positive. So we're currently four players short and my coach. So like we're just trying to cherish every moment we have together because we honestly have no idea what's going to happen, which is so hard. I'm sure. I'm sure. Coaching you guys then. Uh, The JV coach, Megan. Yep. So she'll be doing both. So we're probably going to use the five quarter rule a lot, pulling up some of those. JV players for a little bit, and yeah. I was going to say, but I'm, what do you guys have, like 10, not even 10 girls total on your varsity team? Yeah, normally? I think we have, yeah, I want to say 11. Okay. I think we have 11. Okay, so that's half, almost half the team um, yep. <laughs> under quarantine. I mean, does that just mean that you're going to play like 40 minutes a game? There's nothing, you're never going to come off the court? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm very interested to see how this week's going to go, but I'm sure we'll do great. We're just glad we're, again, like I said, that we're playing together and, we're just going to try and make it work, got to adapt to the changes. So. I, I, at least maybe kind of thankful that it happened just before the postseason. Exactly. That's what we're saying. We're just really glad because the quarantine has been shortened to only 10 days. So they should be, they'll be back by Tuesday. So we have a game that day. And then I think districts start that next week, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's a so season. we'll have we'll still have a couple regular uh, season games in with each other before. It, does it even feel like you guys have practice this year? Because I feel like there's like you have a day between games, you yeah. Practice is probably just game planning. Have you even practiced this year? Yeah, I mean that's what my coach always jokes. Uh, our practices are our pregame and our postgame, so we always we just kind of have to okay, we can talk about the the last game for maybe ten minutes, and then we got to focus on the next game tomorrow. So I think we just try to keep a regular schedule and focus on a lot of skill work and stuff, and then we talk a little bit about the next team. But I mean, it's also nice because we'll usually see the teams that we're talking about pretty soon, so we kind of have an idea, which is nice. It's pretty fresh in our brain. But it makes it difficult to 
to prepare for specific teams. For sure, yeah, but, it's definitely difficult and very crammed time. And we're even shortening our practices now to try and save our legs just because it's just back to back to back. Yeah, I'm sure that's, you'll probably be on the court six, seven days a week if, if you yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's crazy, but I kind of like it. It keeps me busy. I, I always ask this question of the people that kind of have the opportunity to, but obviously you spent a lot of time with Coach Lori Glass, and we know, she, you know she's a Hall of Fame volleyball coach. What's it like being coached by her, uh, especially for the expectation that you guys have at Leland in volleyball? Coach Glass is a great coach. Uh, she always pushes us to be better and push our teammates to also be better players. So I think that we're always trying to challenge each other, and she's always tra- trying to challenge us to just be better players and always work our hardest. And I thank her for that. So, with uh, with the, with the, with the way that this year has gone. And, I mean, you guys have, like, what is it, like, seven, is it seven seniors on your guys' basketball team? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys have a big class kind of yeah. running out of here. What have you guys, what do you, what do you feel you guys have done for Leland as a class to kind of, like, set you guys up for the future successes? I think it's just been helpful. Like, we just have, like you said, like, a great foundation because we've all been playing together since we were so young. And I think just trying to form bonds between us and the younger players and then those players forming bonds with each other just trying to like work definitely focusing like on teamwork and trying to create those bonds so in the end like if we're gone then they are able to step up and know how to do that for the younger players coming up as well all righty well olivia olo as they call her thank you so (laughs) much for joining us here at the get around today it's been awesome having you on and been uh an amazing time we wish you the best of luck in the comments the best of luck here in the rest of the basketball season thank you so much Another huge thank you to Olivia for joining us here at the Get Around. Always great to have another Leland star on our podcast. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That means we're getting into our Chatter That Matters segment, and we're going to reveal the All-State skiing teams that have come out this week. Obviously, uh, both you guys spent a considerable amount of time out at the skiing state finals just over a week ago. But we had a lot of kids get it. Can you tell us who, James, um, got both and, well, I guess, got it in both disciplines and who got it overall? Um, well, I'm just going to start going. I'm just going to go from one discipline to the other. But for boys slalom, first team is Andy Hill from Traverse City West, Caleb Lewandowski from Traverse City West, and Luke Wiersma from Traverse City West, Max Warner from Traverse City Central. The second team in slalom includes Will Russell and Michael Boer from Traverse City Central. And Gus Duffers was honorable mention. In the giant slalom, Aiden Lewandowski, who was the state champion in that event, obviously is first team All-State. Uh, West has four All-Staters in the GS, including Luke Wiersma, Andy Hill, and Ben Lober. And then Austin Sill from Traverse City Central, second team in GS. For the girls in Division One, you've got El Craven on the, uh, in the girls' slalom is on that team from Traverse City Central as well as teammate Sarah Beatty and Traverse City West Lila Warren. On the second team is Maddie Cox from Traverse City Central and Lily Kaberski from Traverse City Central. And for the Giants slalom is Craven, Beatty, and Cox are on that first team and Lila Warren also on the first team with, with Charlie Schultz from Traverse City West and Central's Lily Kaberski on the second team. Yeah, it sounds like we have a, an incredible amount. I mean, that, that's a solid almost two dozen Different and that's, just, and that's just Division One. Yeah, that's that's. A, and then what about Division Two? We have Division Two as well. So for Division Two, for the girls in the slalom, we have Marley Spence from Petoskey. We have Cadillacs Georgette Saki, uh, Onekama's Ada Tukianen. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm yeah. pronouncing that correctly. I was about to say, uh, good luck. <laughs> uh, the second team in the slalom is, includes Kat Avery Meyer, Petoskey's Olivia Nimitz. And Gaylord's Remy Robel, Helen Roganbeck for Great North Alpine is honorable mention as well. For the Giant Slalom, you have Annalie Wallace from Cadillac, his first team. Avery Meyer from Cadillac, his first team. And from Petoskey, Lauren Rothman and Marley Spence, our first team. And the second team is Saki from Cadillac, uh, Onekama's uh, Ada again. 
on the boys, you have in slalom Connor Abraham from Gaylord, Anders McCarthy from Petoskey, Sully Husband and Aiden Ferris from Great North Alpine, and William Goals from Petoskey are on the first team slalom. Second team includes Nolan Walkerdine from Petoskey, Wyatt Madsen from Petoskey, and Great North Alpine's Corbin Murphy and Shane Pilot. The first team giant slalom has Petoskey's Anders McCarthy, who's in there for both. Sully Husband also in there for both for GNA, Wyatt Madsen for Petoskey. On the second team is William Goals for Petoskey, GNA's Aiden Ferris and Shane Pilot and Corbin Murphy. Um, there are the second team Giant Solemn. Yeah, well, the one surprising thing about all these kids is I swear Sorry. To, there's more. Yeah, one kid I missed. One kid I missed is uh, that Seth Johnson is on there on the second team Slalom from, from uh, Benzie Central Frankfurt for both Slalom and GS. And Kyler Thomas from Winnecumla is second team in both Slalom and GS. So and wait, there's more. <laughs> and, and there is another one. I keep miss, I, I missed the Benzie Central Frankfurt because of the abbreviation, but Quincy Thayer was first team in both disciplines. Okay. For Benzie Central, he uh, is, is a Frankfurt student who uh, skis for the Benzie Central team. And once again, that is a lot of kids getting all state honors. And that's what I was going to say is that at least at least that I know of the the, the group of Petoskey kids, most of the West kids, a lot of the Central girls, they're all juniors. We're going to see all of the most of these skiers back next year for a senior like a senior <laughs> victory lap. Pretty sure Cadillac only has one senior. Yeah, so like we like the ski teams are young, and we just had two state championships, uh, well, three state championships actually, across the two divisions. So like, definitely have a lot to look forward to in the skiing world here in Northern Michigan. You can go back to a couple episodes with uh, with El Craven and Aiden Lewandowski, and hear what they had to say before the before the state finals. Yeah, we, yeah, had, we had, had a couple skiers on skiers on the podcast. Right, right, and that's how you know we got a uh, we got some superstars out here. Uh, that segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak yeah. Before we get into the Hall of Fame, let's go ahead and dive into our new little segment called the College Corner. Since we're not able to kind of give every single athlete a story in the paper like we used to, figure why not bring that on the podcast and give some sort of recognition. James, I know you got some kids who have made big decisions in their life so far this week. I know we heard from Olivia Lowe in the interview that she is going to be signing at Hope here shortly. So that's a one to get us started, but who else do you got? Yeah, Sydney Townsend from Janisburg Lewiston is going to join Olivia Lowe at, at Hope Basketball. Two other kids from uh, Manistee Football, uh, Landon Powers and Eric Smith, are going to be signing with Olivet Football. Uh, you've got, in a, in a little over a week, you've got Josh Burnham who's going to be making his decision. He's supposed to announce that next Wednesday at Thrillby Field. He, he uh, narrowed his finals down to Michigan, Notre Dame, and Wisconsin. Preston Ball is being recruited by Triumph for basketball. Uh, Brody Allen recently from Glen Lake committed to Concordia for football. You've got Freddie Coplow and Owen Mueller from Traverse City St. Francis are going to Hope College to play lacrosse. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Traverse City St. Francis kids coming right here. Uh, Corbin Domris is going to play football at Hope. Casey Donahue is going to play football at Duke. Lily Bobrowski, tennis at Ave Maria University. Kalen Poole, volleyball at Aquinas College. Tim Shecklett at, at lacrosse at Aquinas College. Charlie Schmoody at tennis at Hope College. Um, we previously reported on Finn Hogan committing to CMU for football from Glen Lake. And uh, Wyatt Pugh, a cross-country runner from Glen Lake, is committed to Adrian. Well, that's a lot in a short amount of time. We got a lot of kids going, and Hope sounds like a... A good place for Traverse City kids. <laughs> there's there's going to be some familiar faces uh, from Northern Michigan going down to Hope next year. Yeah, quite a few. So so kids, uh, you know, yeah, we, we can't get to every story like we could, uh, especially like we were able to during the uh, the lockdown and stuff. But uh, this is a little section where we kind of hope to be able to make up for that and, and, and get some of those kids out there and get you mentioned. So uh, feel free to tag us on Twitter when you announce your decisions, any of that kind of stuff, and, and let us know. Yeah, so that way we can give you the recognition you deserve for all the hard work that you've put in over the last three or four years before you make your college decision. Always Pretty sure get... the DMs are open, too, for all of us. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, congratulations to all of those kids who are moving on in their athletic career. That's going to put us into the Hall of Fame. Gentlemen, we have a few new inductees, or one more, one new inductee and a few new nominees uh, for this week's Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan, who do you guys have to put up this week? I'm going to throw out um, Ellsworth 
girls basketball player Alexis Stanforth. Uh, she had 18 points and 17 rebounds in a 50 to 43 win over Lake Leonard St. Mary weekend. That's um, what we call the double down. Uh, it's a big time double double. It's not like just like you only got 10. You, you just barely got to 10. I mean, 18 and 17, that's a pretty big time double double. Yeah, I mean, that's starting to sound like our guest this week, Olivia Lowe, with like 26 and 22. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and she definitely picked up the slack because they they were without two starters and two bench players because of contact tracing in that game. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go to the game I was at. Carson Peters, four-point game, hat-trick and an assist on the 2 on one You know, Coach Gibbons says he was unanimously voted captain for a reason. You know, he was kind of a quiet guy. And even when I interviewed him, he wasn't really much of a talker, but it definitely shows it on the ice. So, good job, Carson. Let's see if he becomes unanimously inducted into the Hall of Fame. It might be tough with my nomination. Forest Area's Phoenix Mulholland had 31 points and 10 rebounds. Another big double-double against Bel Air last week. Over 30 points and 10 rebounds. I mean, that's just, you're all over the place for that game. Uh, Phoenix is my nomination, boys. Who are we voting for this week? I'll vote for Carson Peters. In a rivalry game? That's a big-time game in a big-time in a big time game. Yeah, big spot for uh, for the Traverse City Central Trojan. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to vote for Carson Peters as well. A hat trick and an assist in a, in a rivalry game. Big, di- big time. Are you going to make it unanimous here, Andrew? Uh, I'm actually not going to make it unanimous because I'm vote for Alex Stanford from Ellsworth. That was... Pretty solid, like like Louisville St. Mary team that they uh, that she outbeat, and you know I've this is a, the only game that she's put up a solid night. I mean, it's Ellsworth is quietly a force in the Northern Lakes Conference. I mean, they made it to a regional last year in boys, and their girls are not that bad either. Their coach is on his second year, I'm pretty sure. So. Um, We'll look to see them in the postseason for sure. So it is not unanimous, but Carson Peters, you still are the one inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. Congratulations on a great on a great performance. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That brings us to our final segment of the day, our trifecta, where we like to have a little bit of fun and... I'm going to, just because it was my birthday and I do birthday things, I made a birthday wish yesterday, but I'm going to ask you guys, what was your favorite or what, what was the one, like, what, 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 what is your most recent birthday wish and did it come true? I don't know. When you, when you, when you blow out the candles, do you, what, what, what did you wish for? To be debt free. So that didn't come true. No, it didn't. I don't know. I always kind of wanted a fast car, like a. Like a sports car. What's your dream car then? Uh, it was kind of like a souped-up Lexus or a souped-up Mercedes, or kind of like I never really wanted like a like a racing sports car, like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. I feel like those would be too much to maintain, and they'd be you wouldn't want to drive. Probably, no, like they you'd never want to drive it because you wouldn't drive in the winter. So I always kind of wanted a higher end Lexus or a higher end Mercedes. Or even like an M3 ish on the BMW side. Um, I ended up with a my Subaru Impreza Limited. I mean, the thing's got ghost lights on the windows, fog lights on the bottom, four wheel drive, um, leather leather seats on the inside. But the thing I dig about it the most is that it's got a button on the steering wheel that you can go from SI drive to sport mode. And I swear to God, the thing gets up to like the eighth eighth gear, just like that. <laughs> it's quick, quick and it's easy. Quick. If, I, if I was wishing, if I was wishing for a car, it would be a Dodge Viper 2004, blue with white straight white racing stripes. Dodge Viper SRT. It's my dream car. In case anybody wants Jason, to buy it, Jason, my brother just got a Charger S XT, and those aren't actually priced that bad. Like they're thirty thousand sticker price. Which is pricey, of course, but that's not that much. They're, they're, I mean, it's a family sedan, so you don't have to pay the sports car insurance. So. Yeah, the luxury tax that would stink. Yeah, James, what was your most recent birthday wish? Uh, I wish that I would like lose like twenty or thirty pounds, and that did not happen. So I'm starting to think 
maybe this whole birthday wish thing is a bunch of crap. Yeah, right. I was going to say, I think that not at all. If there's one thing that usually don't come true, it's probably your birthday wishes. But then again, I didn't, I, I just kind of like made a wish. I didn't have like a cake or like candles to blow out. So maybe that's why they don't come true is because I, I don't blow out candles when I make my birthday wishes. <laughs> I mean, 20 or 30 pounds. That would be a lot. You could, you could probably gain that faster than you could lose that, James. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably pretty good at gaining it. <laughs> I, think I, I, I feel like I've gained 20 or 30 pounds. Can I do a bonus one before you do yours? Go for it. A Portillo's in Traverse City. God, God, that would be good. I would love a dog. Oh. It's the, the one in Sterling Heights is opening up next week, and I also did some researching, and I found they actually had one in uh, South Bend, Indiana. So when you were down in Edwardsburg for football, I could have went and got some portillos. You could have gotten some portillos at halftime. I love portillos. Back in the game time. I love portillos. I I like portillos so much that it has actually just made me a fan of Chicago style hot dogs. So the crappy part is, is that nobody makes one like portillos. So I am a hundred percent doing a day trip to either Sterling Heights or uh, South Bend. To just smash on some Portillo's, man. Yeah, mine as well. Since you bring that up, I'll just put this. In. Here's my new birthday wish. Can we please get an In-N-Out in Michigan? Or we're getting a Chick-fil-A. Please. Chick-fil-A. Ugh. It's whatever. It's not. It's it's nothing special. In-N-Out, on the other hand. We need a White Castle in Traverse City. Yeah. We are, we are getting a Mediterranean Coney Dog place, though. It's supposed to be opening up this year. And we got a Jersey Mike's coming, so maybe there's something. Yeah, I got the sign-up for the Jersey Mike's, too. Yeah, I, I keep driving past it, and I'm just like, please, I just want I just want to eat. The US city folks like me and you just know that Jersey Mike's was like a staple. Like, they make a... They just made a filling sandwich for around ten dollars. They're know? pretty good. I mean, the the best one though. I mean, Jersey Mike's is just a knockoff of Jersey Giant, though. Jersey Giant subs are just insanely good. I don't know if you've ever had those. They're no Jimmy John's though. I mean, Jimmy John slices and bakes every day to make you a thirty second sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, I honestly it was weird. I just I just I wished for a prosperous year. And I know that sounds so. What you call it? Like general. Corny. Yeah, so corny in general, but it's like good health. I mean, after what happened last year, I I had I had a crisis of thought cuz what happened? We're about we're we're literally we're almost a year to the day of when this pandemic sh- like shut down America on March 11th. And last year my birthday was the last thing that we did before the world shut down. And any wish that I had then went out the window. So I'm just really hoping for a prosperous Who's we? Year. I went to Vegas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, that that hopefully comes true. Even though we think that these birthday wish things are bogus, I hope I have a prosperous year. That should be fun. But, I mean, this has been a prosperous podcast. Episode 166 has been fun. It has been great. But we are done Make sure you follow us on Twitter at TCRE Sports, at JamesCook14, at ByAndrewR, and at Jake at Nip. Make sure that you like, share, retweet, comment, gif, whatever it may be. You'll be entered in to win a couple of free Jimmy John's subs, those delicious subs that we talk about all day long on these podcasts. And then we will see you back here next week for episode 167. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then.